You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Ready when you are? Okay, cool. And I forgot to start with the name of the podcast. Uh, so. so, hi everyone, <laughs> my name is Ivan E. Devery. And I'm Eric Borlaug. And this is The Parsnip Ship, and we're here to record a play by Hannah Porter. Um, called Beshirt. Is that right? Did I did I mess it up? Beshirt. Beshirt. So you're just focused on getting loose. The people are watching. So you better smile. My love is like molasses. It's sweet, but it's gonna take a while. I think all of my plays contain like internal things that I just want to tell myself. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, it's been very hard for me to figure out how to be as powerful and strong as I want to be and as I feel called and like I need to be. And um, that line of trying to be fierce and kind at the same time, I think is just a a tricky line, uh, especially as like a feminine says, lady, yeah. knowing that even when I'm kind but strong there will be people who think I'm being what do you you know my mouth is stitched up I can't make a Beshert by Hannah Porter. Characters. Rini, played by Jocelyn Karitsky. Late 20s to early 30s, a career woman from an impoverished rural background, raised Protestant, very plain. She is pregnant. Ruth, played by Kira Davies. Mid to late 30s, a lady who lunches, Jewish, a real looker, married to Samuel. Samuel, Played by John Furlick. Mid-40s, a real mensch. Jewish, on the heavy side, balding, extremely warm. <laughs> Eli. Played by George Oleski. 20s, very average looking. He's whatever you want him to be. And stage directions, read by Laura Zablit. Setting, New York City in the early 1980s. Time, Act 1, 
a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in late spring. Act two, a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in late summer. Prologue. Darkness. Sounds of a still lake at nighttime. Crickets. Stars. A bird cries out. Mumbled rhythmic prayers in Hebrew gaining momentum. Somewhere, someone turns on a light. Scene one. Friday morning. The law office of Cohen and Watson. Rini sits alone in the office, working. She's dressed neatly and conservatively, but cheaply. She's noticeably pregnant. Samuel enters. He's dressed in an expensive dark suit and a white shirt. He and Rini speak in old-timey Western accents. This is their little game. In Samuel's presence, Rini blossoms like a flower. Otherwise, she's rather severe. Well, howdy, partner. Rini shoots Samuel a sharp look. Wide top of the morning to you, Sheriff. She might bow. <laughs> and it is a beautiful morning. How goes those accident reports, Deputy? What? This done, Sheriff. I do declare, Deputy Rini. If I didn't know better, I would think you were angling for my job. Uh, whatever do you mean? She puts a hand on her stapler. I mean... He turns theatrically, holding a phone in his hand. This town ain't big enough for the both of us. They both make shooting sounds, a crash of thunder, then sounds of rain. Samuel falls to the ground, pretending to die. Whoa. Eli enters, dripping with rain. He stands in the doorway, unnoticed, silhouetted like a noir film. Frailty, thy name is woman. I do believe you are mixing your genres there, partner. She puts a leg up on his body. She points the stapler. Bang! You're dead. I put you out of your misery. Now I am the ruler of office land. I will make you my ghost slave. Tell my wife I love her. He falls still. She stands for a moment with her foot on his abdomen. Samuel opens his eyes and looks at her. Samuel notices Eli. Eli is dressed in a cheap suit which is a little too small for him. Rini notices Eli. Rini takes her leg off of Samuel. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Can I help you? I'm here to help you. Who are you? I'm the medicine man. Samuel and Rini are uncomfortable. Samuel decides to play along cautiously. Ah, the medicine man is here. Will you heal me, medicine man? Are you dying? Uh, yes, I'm already dead. That's good. I can do something about that. He crouches down next to Samuel. I'm going to blow your soul out through your ears. Wherever it goes, that's where you'll be. <laughs> he blows on Samuel's ears. After a moment, Samuel stands up. Are you... You? No. That's the best possible outcome. You're very lucky. A moment. The game is through and they are stuck. Well, uh, new Samuel, you'll probably be wanting this. She gives him a gold star pin. It's even a star of David. She pins it on his coat. That's a very thoughtful present. I will reinstate you as my deputy. Is that because of the Holocaust? Oh, Sam, I didn't even think of that. Let me take it off. Oh, no, no. It's for Jewish cowboy sheriffs. I'm sorry, who, who are you? I'm Eli. 
the agency sent me? This is the law office of Cohn and Watson? They, they sent you to start on a Friday? I'm Rini. I'm Samuel. You must be Mr. Cohen. Guilty. Is Mr. Watson here? Samuel gestures to Rini. You're looking at him, R.J. Watson. <laughs> it happens all the time. You look young for a partner. We're pretty unconventional. Also, you're a woman. That's really neat. Rini, un- Rini unconsciously puts a hand on her stomach. <laughs> okay, you kids have fun. I'm out for the day. Eli, Rini will fill you in on everything you need to know. You've been away all week. I'm sorry, kiddo. I promised Ruth I'd be around today. He puts his arm around Rini in a fatherly manner. Who's the best? Sam. Who's the best? Can I talk to you for a minute? Rini takes Samuel into a corner out of earshot from Eli. You're leaving me alone with this guy? They look over at Eli, who is lightly touching everything on Rini's desk. The agent, <laughs> the agency wouldn't have sent us a criminal, Rini. He has no office experience. He's just a little awkward. But listen, if you're really not comfortable, I'll send him away. No, no. I do need the help. Anyone has to be better than that last guy we had. A pet rock would have been better. <laughs> Who's the best? Oh, Sam. We are. All right, gang. When can I give you the reports? Fax them. See you Monday. Ugh. Eli, have you uh, ever met anyone who preferred Mondays to Fridays? Don't work too hard. We won't. Samuel exits. In his absence, Rini deflates slightly. Let's get to work. Yes, sir, deputy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Fridays. Scene two. Friday afternoon. Eli is typing. Rini is in the middle of a lecture. Rini sorts and stacks files on Eli's desk. We're a small ship here. We started this firm on different kinds of principles. Mr. Cohn answers to a higher authority, and likewise, I don't want to join all the other lawyers in the fifth circle of hell. Great. I mean, of course. The phone rings. Rini picks it up swiftly. Law Office of Watson and Cohen, how may I help you? We're happy with our current provider. She hangs up. Our personnel is very important to us, as you've noticed. You're the only one. It's quality, quality control. This is a different kind of law office. We actually want to help people. He answers to a higher authority? Like the Pope? He's an observant Jew but not the kind with the hats and the outfits without the... Rini makes a motion for curly tendrils down the side of her face. He nods. You're here, Eli, because you wrote on your application that you were interested in helping people and in making money. We don't believe these things are mutually exclusive. We believe the better kind of business you do, the better your business will be. I'm really excited. Thank you for this opportunity. I know I don't have any background in legal clerking, but... Expertise can be learned. Having your heart in the right place cannot. A fax comes in. Eli is amazed. Secretly, Rini is too. Wow. (laughs) I know. That thing sends paper whenever we want it to go? That thing sends the paper to Sam? We live in a magnificent age. (laughs) I typed all your invoices. Eli, you have no... Office experience? You're a good teacher. 
Rini looks at her watch. Well, I'm impressed. Great first day. It's almost quitting time. Can I send a fax? To see if I can? We don't need to send any more. We can send one to Mr. Cohen for practice. But what to send? Eli takes out a picture torn from a magazine from his inside jacket pocket. Let's send this. What's that? A boat on a still lake. A little house on the lake shore. It's pretty, isn't it? Rini shrugs her ascension. Eli punches in the number. Rini looks at the picture being swallowed by the machine. Where are the people? Perhaps they've gone swimming. The fax was sent successfully. Not bad for a country boy. Eli begins packing up to leave. Where are you from, Eli? A little nothing town. You wouldn't know it if you drove through it. You're not trying to be an actor, are you? My mother told me never to trust showbiz people. I've come to make my fortune. You can be whoever you want to be in this city. My father used to be a farmer. What does he do now? I have no idea. A moment. Rini and Eli are thinking about fathers. The phone rings. Law office of Watson and Cohen. How may I help you? Hi, Ruth. I thought he was with you. Well, maybe he ran out for a second to get something. I don't know. I'll call you if I see him. All right. Bye-bye. She hangs up the phone. <laughs> Rini begins packing up to leave. Was that his wife? What's she like? She's very nice. They've been together long? <laughs> Pretty long. Kids? Nope. <laughs> Sam leaves you alone a lot? You ask a lot of questions. His wife is sick. He works from home most days now. Oh. I'm sorry. Is she really Jewish too? His wife, I mean. Mm, they're the kind that... They don't drive on Shabbat. That's like the Christian Sunday, but it's on Saturday. <laughs> they won't even ride the subway or do anything. But she doesn't look like the women in Brooklyn, you know. They all have the same haircut. I think they're all wearing wigs. Uh, oh. <laughs> the phone rings. Eli hands Rini a folder while answering the phone with his other hand. Cohen and Watson, how may I direct your call? Whom, may I ask, is calling? When did you do this? Eli playfully shrugs. This is, this is just great, and the cover looks really sharp. Eli covers the phone with his hand. It's your husband. Are you here? Uh, sure, I'm here. She takes the phone. Hi, honey. Really well. Things are looking up. I thought you were going to... Eli puts on his coat. He motions to the door. She waves her hand goodbye. Oh, hold on. Great, great work, Eli. See you Monday. Eli waves goodbye and exits. I thought you were going to... Because... She unconsciously puts a hand on her stomach. God damn it. Chicken. I'll get some chicken. She slams the phone down. She looks around to see if anyone is there. She wipes her eyes. Stillness. A loud kettle whistles from off stage. She jumps. A moment. She strides purposefully off stage to quiet it. She re-enters. She yawns. 
She looks at her watch. It's quitting time. It's quitting time. Pretty baby. She puts a hand on her stomach. She leans her head on the desk. Just five more minutes, and then we'll go home. She weeps. Scene three. Friday afternoon, just before the sun is starting to set. Rini has just left. Eli enters the office. He begins looking through the papers on Rini's desk. Samuel enters from his office, holding a bouquet of flowers. Oh! Eli, you scared me. What are you doing? Funny story. I got halfway home, and I was sure that I left the kettle on. Thought I was going to burn the whole place down. Samuel looks at Rini's desk. And then I thought, while I'm here, I might surprise Rini and finish the typing for Monday. As a present. Eli, don't give your boss presents of doing work over the weekend. You should get overtime. It's no trouble. I didn't have any plans. Young guy like you? I only just moved here. Also, Rini seemed kind of sad. And I don't know her that well, but I know she likes getting work done. Well, that's a real mitzvah. A good deed. A mitzvah? You're really Jewish, aren't you? I mean, not really, really Jewish, like with the hats, but very Jewish. Like the most Jewish you can get without the, without the hats. God, that was terrible. Uh, the sun is setting soon. I, I do love these long days. See you Monday, Eli. Shabbat shalom. See you Monday. Shabbat shalom to you. Samuel pauses at the door. Eli, are you Jewish? Yes, but no hat. It would get in the way of my foot, firmly planted in my mouth. You don't have any plans for Shabbat? I'm going to eat Chinese food on my floor. I don't have any furniture yet. I think it's normal when you just move to the city. I'll get a bed soon. Some chairs. Plates. You don't don't have plates. It's really neat. The Chinese food comes in these little cartons. I'll start meeting people soon to celebrate Shabbat with. In a couple of months, I'm sure. Eli, would you like to come over for dinner? Yes. Please, Mr. Cohen, I'd be honored. Well, let's shake our tail feathers. Nothing like the wrath of a Jewish woman. Scene four. Friday evening, in the lovely dining living room of the Cohen house. At the Shabbat dinner table, Eli is eating heartily. Ruth and Samuel communicate with their eyes in the way of an old couple. Ruth is very small and childlike with an intense and intelligent face. Her body cannot keep up with her face's vitality. She looks withered and worn out. She's elegant and well-dressed, however, to a point of extreme pride. The flowers Samuel was holding last seen sit in a vase on the table. Please, call me Ruth. You want some more water? Yes, please. Ruth pours Eli water. He gulps it down. Ruth and Samuel are drinking wine. You're not much of a drinker. No, ma'am. Call me Ruth. My uncle Alan, he had some problems with alcohol. In the past, he doesn't touch it either. I think it's a wonderful choice. Very responsible. I don't understand, Ruth Esther. It's nothing to be ashamed of. He's making a wonderful choice. You're making a wonderful choice. I don't like the taste. Eli looks down at his empty plate. We're 70% water. You want some more brisket, Eli? A little bit, please, ma'am. 
Call me Ruth. Sorry. It's so good. Tastes like something my mom used to make. Home cooking, you know? Nothing like it. Where did you say your people were from? Upstate. My parents go to Temple Emmanuel in Rochester. We never really went to Temple. I see. So, what are you doing in the city, Eli? You want to be an actor. Honey, let the boy eat. A writer, actually. What kind of writing? Fiction? Yep. Mysteries. Like Agatha Christie? Murder mysteries. What else do you like? Who else do you like? What kind of books do you like, Mr. Cohen? Sorry to say, I never had much of a taste for mysteries. I read the odd novel. Nowadays, I mostly read uh, Midrash. Is that what you do in your time off? <laughs> time off. Like he has time off. I do a lot of Torah study. Why? Well, the world is a mysterious place, Eli. But unlike your stories, there is often not a neat answer at the end of each riddle. We all look for answers in our own ways. And lately, he's been traveling so much for business, he needs a little hobby. You're away from home a lot? And you wouldn't be much of a Cohen if you didn't study the Torah. Excuse me? <laughs> the Kohenim were priests, Eli. I'm a descendant from that tribe, the Cohen tribe, so I'd better watch my behavior. If the temple ever gets rebuilt, Samuel will have to report for duty. <laughs> Reporting for holiness. <laughs> Background check. You're such a funny bunny. Yes. I see how that could be funny. <laughs> that was such a good meal, honey. Uh, are you very tired? I'm not made out of glass. Help me up and I'll get dessert. We have dessert. Don't get your hopes up. It's fresh fruit. Would a little coffee cake kill a man? A man with your cholesterol? Maybe it would. And then I would have a dead husband on my hands. Would you be very sad? I could never love anyone as much as I love you. My Besheret. They give each other a chaste kiss on the mouth. Let me get the fruit. You rest your footsies. You are an angel. Samuel exits. Ruth and Eli sit at the table. A long moment. What does Beshert mean? You don't know Beshert? No. <sighs> That's what no temple will get you. Beshert means soulmate. Your other half. A silence. Also, it could be used as a verb. Saying that something is Beshert means uh, it was meant to be. Samuel enters, singing, carrying a tray. Guess what I found? Oi! Chocolate. Let's have fondue. I melted it. Everyone wins. Heart healthy and tummy happy. You want some fondue, Eli? Eli, do you dare? Do you dare to fondue? Mm -hmm. I'll show you. It's easy. You stab some fruit with a fork, then you dip it in the chocolate, and then you eat it. Mm. <laughs> Samuel eats the fruit. Eli takes a piece, dips, and puts it into his mouth. He groans a little bit. Mm. This is the best thing he's ever eaten. Mm. Samuel is visibly pleased. Eli eats the fruit and chocolate with vigor. Samuel and Ruth poke at the dish. 
Very satisfied, Eli leans back, reaches into his pocket, and pulls out a package of cigarettes. Do you have a light? Samuel, give Eli some matches. They're by the Shabbos candles. You can smoke out on the veranda, Eli. Just through there. Samuel fetches the matches and hands them to Eli. Just follow those double doors. Eli exits. <sighs> Why did you bring this mashuga into our house? Bunny, he's harmless. Just lonely in the city. He eats like he's been hungry for a month. Maybe he has been. We don't know. We don't know anything about this man who you let into our house. It's a mitzvah to invite a stranger in for Shabbat. More important is to not get murdered in our sleep. There is something very strange about this man. Am I right? The, the employment agency wouldn't have sent me a criminal, Ruth. Just because he hasn't committed a crime yet doesn't mean it's not possible. Ruth Esther, you are a compassionate woman. I know. <laughs> but he is not altogether in that brain of his. He gets these looks. And how he looks at you? What looks? Like you're a bowl of chocolate fondue. <laughs> now he's a cannibal. Samuel, you know what I mean. I'm sorry, but I know that look. I invented that look. Everything is, Mr. Cohen this, Mr. Cohen, what kind of stories do you like? He's just sucking up to his boss, and you didn't invent it, you know. You aren't the first pair of eyes to look that way. <gasps> you were quite the lady killer in your day, weren't you? Silence. Honey? Samuel looks at Ruth. He smiles. I'm getting tired. Let's get our guest out of here. You know, I'm at a good time in my cycle, if you want to try. Oh, sweetheart. I just need a little hope, Samuel. I'm keeping it together. You look very tired. It's a double mitzvah on Shabbat. <laughs> Maybe for a Cohen, it's a triple mitzvah? How did you get to be such a smart bunny? <laughs> she sniffs away her tears. He lifts up her head with his hand, looks in her eyes, and makes bunny ears over his head. She laughs. <laughs> Hop to bed. Hop to bed. Eli? Eli enters. Yes, Mr. Cohen. Call me Samuel. Can I get you anything else? Coffee? Brandy? I don't drink coffee. Or brandy. Samuel smiles. He knew that already. Thanks so much for coming over, Eli. It was a real pleasure to have you. You must come over again. Maybe we can find a nice girl from Temple. Invite her over next time. Would you be interested in that? I don't understand. You don't have to meet any nice Jewish girls, Eli. <laughs> Our little Yenta over here. Well, regardless. Oh, hold on. Ruth exits. But it's Shabbat. A long moment. Ruth enters, holding out a Tupperware. Eli looks at it. Heat it on low tomorrow. It will be even better. Eli, do you keep Shabbat? Eli nods. Of course. Samuel, you better get our guests some clothes to sleep in. Samuel exits. There's a new toothbrush in the guest bathroom cabinet. Samuel will find you some fresh towels and show you the guest room. Thank you so much. Eli goes over to Ruth and kisses her on the forehead ceremoniously. 
Ruth stares at Eli. I'll... Okay. <laughs> Good night. Night. She exits, slightly touching her forehead. Eli stands alone. Scene five. Friday night. Ruth and Samuel are in their bedroom, dressed for bed. Ruth is seated, brushing her hair. She keeps touching her forehead, where Eli kissed her. My neck hurts. He goes over to her and begins rubbing her neck. There is something very strange about that boy. Charming, too. If you keep Shabbat, you don't smoke cigarettes. It doesn't make sense. My little detective. I feel... <sighs> Open the window, will you? He opens the window. He rubs her neck. Mm. That night air. The days are so long now. <laughs> I love it. There's so much time before sundown now. I had time to stop back by the office. Mm? Lower. <laughs> Demanding bunny. And there he was, looking through Rini's papers. He said he wanted to help her. He's a funny boy. Do you smell a rat? He seems very sincere. That's exactly it. He's unnervingly sincere. His intensity. A very interesting boy. Well, but harmless. Rini sent me a little note saying he's doing a good job. Then I got another fax, uh, a picture. Bup, bup, bup. No shop talk. A little lower. He moves his hands lower. She puts them on her breasts. Here. Sweetie. I feel so strange tonight. Ruth. Rub them. I have beautiful breasts. You always thought so. He drops his hands. Why must you humiliate me? I throw myself I'm at you. I'm touching you. I need you to want to. To need to. Like I need to touch you. I, I don't feel comfortable. He recoils from her as if afraid. He's on the other side of the house. The walls are thin. Ruth has never spoken like this before. Don't touch me. You... You, why did you marry me? Torturing your wife? It's criminal. What has gotten into you? You're recoiling from me. Samuel leans towards her, correcting himself. I thought we were having a good night. I, I thought we were having fun. We haven't had fun in years. You don't mean it. It's like you're afraid of me. Your own wife. Bunny. You have fear in your eyes. What are you afraid of? I love you. What, what has gotten into you? <laughs> I'm not so special. You're afraid of women. I could be anyone. I'm going to see if Eli needs anything else. <laughs> Run away, Samuel. Run away. What do you want from me? I want to make love with my husband. We were talking and then... You're all tired out. Let's talk about this tomorrow. I want to have a baby and make love with my husband, this is so much to ask? I do, I do not want to get into this right now. We never get into it. We never, we've never gotten into it, into the heart of it. Our disease, our disorder, let's get into it. Come on, little bunny, let's hop to bed. Let's go into the rabbit hole. I'm not. 
playing any more games with you. It's like you don't even need me. You have it all planned out. I have reasonable requests. Insert husband here. I hope no person ever makes you feel this way. You've been very sick. For two years, you couldn't leave me alone. It drove you crazy to see me get dressed. Two years. Is that all I get? Your memory is like a sieve. How selective you are. We are intimate. This is intimacy. You've been very sick. If I had known I'd only get two years, I wouldn't have taken them in the first place. What comes after happiness? No one ever talks about that. After the end of the movie, dinner in or out bunny, TV or movie bunny, the Chinese place, the French place. Let's talk about all the couples we know. Let's talk about our jobs. Let's talk about our health. Let's talk about our bowel movements. Let's talk about our aches and pains, our mortgage, our next vacation. Makes me sick. I'm sorry I've been such a disappointment to you. What happened to our life? Where has it gone? I... I thought we had a good life. That is the absolute worst thing you could have said. I'm this monster all of a sudden? All I've done is be a good husband to you. <laughs> Such a kind, attentive husband. Brings me flowers, rubs my feet. We have all this baby talk. Where are the babies, Samuel? What do you want from me? To be mean to you? You're killing me. I'm dying. You don't understand anything. I think it's time for bed. You seem very tired. <laughs> I am tired. Tired of you. She weeps. Tired of me? Tired of me. Stop looking at me like that. He picks her up like a child in his arms. He carries her to bed. Everything will be better in the morning. You don't love me. I'll show you how I do. I do love you. My God. I'm dying. God help me. I don't want to die. Shh. We have the same fight. Over and over and over. This was different. Because I was being honest. I'm a liar. I'm a bad person. Is that why you don't love me? I do. I do love you. Why are you doing this? Is it because you see I'm a bad on the inside? Like a rotten piece of fruit. That's why you can't. I can. You've been very sick. I'll do better. I promise. I promise. Go to sleep, sweetheart. You come too. I need you to comfort me. Because you don't love me. In the rabbit hole. Shh. I will curl up next to you. I'll touch your hair while you sleep. Promise? I'll kiss you all over your face the way you like. The way I like? He holds her. Am I a bad person? You are the best of people. You're my favorite person. Oh, Samuel. I hope that's not true. Samuel looks to the door. Ruth sighs. 
Go and check on him if you must. I'll be right back. Scene six. Samuel stands in the living room. Eli sits on the sofa bed in very large pajamas, holding a book. His clothes are folded neatly next to him in a pile. Is that one of your mystery stories? I found it on the shelf. He looks at the book. Mysticism. Are you into that kind of thing? No. Ruth is the Kabbalist. It's the ultimate mystery story. If you're all set in here, I should get back. How is Ruth sick? She gets very tired. But not like you or I tired. She can only do one thing per day. Today she made brisket. That's awful. Ruth is an amazing woman. Must be hard for you. I'm a lucky man. Were you married before Ruth? <laughs> All these questions. I feel like I'm being led on the witness stand. You feel like I'm accusing you? I said witness stand. I don't know much about courtrooms. Sorry. I'm very tired. Have a good sleep. In the morning, we'll make challah French toast. You cook? I cook French toast. And I grill. You're the man of the house. Good night. Do you ever go out to the lake house? In the pines. Your family must still own the lake house. I sold it. How? But you loved it so much as a boy. Catching tadpoles with your cousin Isaac. Skating in the winter. Your father smoking his pipe on the front porch. You can't sell your memories. Our memories make us who we are. Who are you? You don't know me? The agency. I found you. You said we'd always be together. I don't know what you're talking about. I've come so far. I had to wait so long. Hold me. Get away from me. Stand back. No, I... Keep your voice down, my wife. You don't love her. You can't ever love her. Get out of my house. You would turn away a traveler on Shabbat? You're... You're trying to blackmail me. Just listen. Did you send me that picture? Yes, but... You have to get out now. No. No, I won't leave. I won't. Samuel takes Eli by the shoulders and shakes him. I will make you leave. Take your clothes. Take your clothes. Get out of my house. Samuel throws clothes and shoes at Eli. Eli falls to the floor, crying. Samuel? But you've been waiting for me. You've been waiting so long. Here I am. Sammy, I don't care that you're old. Samuel stares at Eli for a long moment. Ellen? I knew it. Eli embraces Samuel and tries to kiss him. Samuel resists. He jumps away from Eli. Out of my house! Remember what you used to say to me? Oh my god! Scene 7. Saturday morning. Sounds of early morning bird song. Ruth enters the kitchen holding a pitcher of water. She pours water. She seems revitalized. Ruth sits drinking water. It tastes delicious. Eli enters, rubbing sleep out of his eyes like a child. Morning, sleepyhead. If you call it morning. Hungry? Want some coffee? Mm. How about a nice glass of orange juice? What was that? Water. Water, please. Ruth gives Eli her glass of water. Eli drinks the whole glass. Thank you. Aren't you thirsty? You sleep okay? I slept better than I have in years. Isn't that something? You want a bagel? Can I have some more water? Ruth gives him another glass of water. He drinks it all down again. Another? 
No, thank you. You're in a good mood this morning. Sleep well? I had the most wonderful dreams. What were they about? I was looking at this still dark water all around me. Was it a lake? It could have been a lake. Then what happened? It was a dream. <laughs> Can I take a shower? Uh, okay. It's not strictly Shammah Shabbos, but Samuel's the stickler. Moses. When he accepted the stranger into his tent on Shabbat, he washed his weary feet. I guess your parents did teach you something. When you're all clean, we can make French toast. You would make a really good mother. I'm going to take a shower now. You're a good boy, Eli. Thanks, Mrs. Cohen. Eli drinks the rest of Ruth's water. She doesn't seem to notice. She sits, staring. Eli exits. Call me Ruth. Off stage, the shower turns on. Sounds of the shower turn into sounds of waterfalls, of water rushing, of loons crying out on a lake. The sound is deafening, cavernous. It fills the room. Ruth seems paralyzed, nailed to the floor like she's being hit with tons of water. The lights change, blink on and off, moving and twisting. Did five minutes pass? An hour? Five hours? The water turns off. Sounds of dripping, then nothing. A moment. Ruth is plastered to the kitchen chair, unmoving, unseeing, like she's sleeping with her eyes open. Eli enters, dressed with a towel twisted around his head. He's energized and happy. Mm-hmm. Your shower thingy is really strong. Eli unwraps the towel from his head and begins rubbing his hair dry in a very feminine manner. Boy, this is such a nice house. We have such a nice bathroom. Everything has its special place. Like, this is the drawer for such and such. Would you like a washcloth? I like that. He turns his attention to Ruth. You always look really nice, too. You always look special. Like you're about to go somewhere. Are you going to go somewhere? Not at the moment. Actually, it looks like you haven't moved at all. Hey, Ruth. Sorry I took so long. Do you want to make French toast now? Let's make French toast. Ruth doesn't move. Ruth, are you feeling tired? I'm okay. Just give me a minute. Or we could just have some cereal. Is this why you don't have kids? I, I can still have kids. You don't want them. I do want them. Is it an age thing? I could still have kids. Right. Of course. I'm sorry. <laughs> but not for long. I'll make you breakfast. I'm not hungry, but help yourself. I'm not hungry either. Do you mind if I just keep you company? It's nice having someone to talk to. Samuel told me you're alone in the city. We're all alone in this life, Ruth. Don't you ever forget it. He smiles brightly at her. You're a charming young man. But don't take this the wrong way. Very strange. Charming and strange. <laughs> I take that as a compliment from a beautiful woman. Oi. I guess you like older women. You're only as old as you feel. 
and you don't feel old to me. Where's Samuel? He went to temple very early, before I woke up. When he comes home, we'll study Talmud together. You guys are like really Jewish. <laughs> Actually, Samuel, when he was saying goodnight last night, mentioned that you study Kabbalah? I dabble. It's so different than what I thought Judaism was about. I saw a lot that I liked. Like what? About energy levels that we comprehend the universe through. Different parts of us. He goes to touch her. He touches the crown of her head very lightly. Do you mind? This is the crown. It's like God in the most pure form. We can only understand this part through other parts, like... He touches her left shoulder. This part means understanding. That's the female aspect. He touches her right shoulder. This part means wisdom. The male aspect. We have both, man and woman, inside us all the time. In the middle of wisdom and understanding, you have knowledge. He touches her breastbone. This is in the realm of the spiritual. Forgive me. I only half understand it. <laughs> You've learned a lot in one night. I'm a fast learner. What's a golem? A golem is a creature made out of clay. The rabbi would make him in a time of great need for the Jews. He would breathe the secret name of God into him, and the golem would come alive. Alive? Well, the golem doesn't have a soul. He's just a vessel. A vessel for other people's intentions. What does he do? He was supposed to be a protector to right wrongs. But at the end of every story, it goes horribly wrong. He ends up destroying the town and killing his creator. Like a monster movie? The very first. So this isn't true? It's just a story. Oh. And the other one? There's this other one, a ghost one? A Jewish ghost? A Jewish ghost? Oh, uh, Dybbuk. Your parents, I should write them a letter. A Dybbuk is a living person who gets possessed by a spirit, the soul of a dead person. Are they evil? That's part of what's so beautiful about Judaism. There's no good and evil. There's only different intentions and places they come from. If the dead soul was wronged in life and is unable to leave the physical world, they get stuck inside a living person until the wrong is righted. I read that rabbis still perform exorcisms. Not on the Upper East Side. These are just stories, Eli. But that's the beauty, the symbolism behind them. Our stories have a strong preoccupation with the soul. The ghosts aren't bad, they're just looking for what they lost in life. In turn, the community around them has to bear witness to what has transgressed. It's very progressive. Would you rather be a Dybbuk or a Golem? <laughs> well, uh, I never Like, really... if you could tell you were leaning one way or the other. Or maybe there's some kind of meeting in the middle? Dead souls plus people pregnant with longing who pump out all of this burning hot energy like fuel. And so this cesspool of hoping for better pushes out some kind of soul mutant? Like, lost, searching soul ignites inside the empty vessel, driven maniacally towards a deep wrong in need of writing, but hounded by the collateral de desires of the others? 
What do you think of that? I mean, as a Kabbalistic scholar, what would that be? Gibbic? A dolem? You're such a funny boy. Wait! I remembered my original question. Forget, forget everything I just said, but I don't know if I should talk to you about it. I think very little you have left to say could surprise me, Eli. There's a lot in those books of yours, Ruth, about sex. Why is that? <laughs> well, God wants to show us how to be human in every way. I read... I read that if a husband doesn't pleasure his wife, you know, bring her to climax, she has the right to ask for a divorce. Samuel will be home soon. Maybe this is something you should talk about with him. Men's stuff. I feel much more comfortable with you. In the Torah, the word for sex is dalet ayin tav, meaning to know. To know someone's heart. She strains her head to look at the clock. You and Samuel should definitely... The, the, the male and the female aspect combined. You get God. If a couple cannot make children, their marriage is dissolved in the eyes of God and their community. He should be home by now. Any minute. I don't think he'll be home soon, because sometimes people need a lot of temple. We all need to talk to God in our own way. I wonder what he talks to him about. If you love someone, you can know. You can see into their hearts like a looking glass. Love is simpler when you're young, Eli. Now I can I... see into your heart. I know what you want. You've just met me. You have so much love in you, Ruth. It's trapped inside, waiting to get out. You tell yourself that Samuel is enough, but your heart knows this is a lie. Eli, I think that you need to... You have so much love in you. It's drowning you, it's bursting to get out, and it's weighing you down. All this love weighing you down so much sometimes that it's like you can't move, can't even raise your head. You are so tired, but not because you can't sleep. You need to create something. Like a... like a golem. To make, to make a being out of mud, out of clay, and breathe life into it, you would make a baby with your own two hands if you could. If you don't make a baby, you will die. And Samuel thinks you're speaking in metaphor. Samuel does not believe in the mystical. The doctors will tell him you died of some vague wasting disease, but you'll know the truth. You died of too much love. Look, my husband will be coming back soon. I can't breathe here. It's too loud. I like being with you. I like being near the ocean or like a still lake at nighttime. Ruth touches her forehead. So much sadness. So much love. I don't want you to drown, Ruth. Eli goes to Ruth and gets very close to her. What are you doing? Do you think there are some lakes where it's always nighttime? The stars are always out, the water is always dark, like your dream. What are you doing? Young lovers are always on the shore looking at each other, their eyes full of hope. Eli, please. You don't want to die. You want to live. You want to give life. I don't understand. Our hearts don't have to make sense. You believe that, Ruth. Eli fumbles with his pockets. What are you doing? He takes out a pack of cigarettes. Eli begins interrogating Ruth. I think I'm dreaming. Am I dreaming? Tell me more about your dream. You liked it, didn't you? I think I'd like you to go now. Eli lights a cigarette. 
He takes a drag. He holds it to her lips. It's the easiest thing. Breathing. Ruth inhales. The smoke makes her woozy. That felt real. Is this real? Tell me about your dream. I can't... I can't move my arms. Was Samuel there? They're so heavy. Am I dreaming? What about Rini? Why would she be in my dream? You tell me. Why would she be? I barely know her. Wrong! I can't move. I can't- Was I there? Did you see me? How did I look? I, I don't know. I, I don't remember. <sighs> you have to find another way. Your marriage is not holy. What do you ask God for? I don't know. Leave me alone. What do you pray for? I've fallen asleep on the couch again. Why can't I wake up? What do you pray for now? I don't pray anymore. I don't know. Yes, you do. Strength. Strength for what? I don't know. Ask God for what you want, Ruth. I can't. He listens. He's listening. I want a baby. Say it again. I want a baby. I want a baby so much. Oh, God. I am your angel from heaven. I was sent down to help you get your baby. We must live, Ruth, however we can. Samuel loves you. He wants you to live. Yes, of course. He's my husband. Your need is greater than yourself. I am like the angel sent down to Sarah and Abraham. God is listening, Ruth. He embraces her. She resists. She cannot move. Eli, no. Please. God is listening. Sounds of a dam breaking. Birds, wings, white light pushing outwards. Electricity, convergence, looking out to the great beyond. Scene 8. Saturday evening, after sundown. The Cohen family home. Samuel enters. Ruth is sleeping on the sofa. Shavutov, Samuel. Shavutov. Is he gone? Yes. When did he leave? Just a moment ago, when the sun was setting. The sun set ages ago. I guess he flew away. Samuel sits down next to Ruth. He strokes her hair. You're all right. I'm so tired. You stayed out late. I got into a... Conf I got into a conversation with the rabbi. I asked if it was possible for a spirit to possess a living person. He laughed and said, so you've become interested in mysticism. I want to know about my heritage. I've been picking and choosing, examining what I found logical, appropriate, like a rag picker. What have you found, my little ragamuffin? He told me that Jews have always believed that they are spiritually permeable. Belief in spirits visiting in dreams, or in graveyards close to where they are buried. I hate the words coming out of my mouth. He was here all day? Yes. What did you do? We made French toast. Did you talk about anything? We made French toast. Have you bathed? God will forgive me, and you will forgive me too. Ruth? Yes? Forgive you for what? For bathing during Sabbath. Ruth, <laughs> I love you very much. Oh, sweetie. And I you. Ruth puts her hand on her stomach. 
Samuel takes her up in his arms and carries her to bed. Ruth speaks like a sleepy child. Is your ghost a good ghost or a bad ghost? I don't believe in ghosts. Samuel carries Ruth into the bedroom. Darkness. Water, 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 water. Sounds of dripping, spilling. Blink. Blink again. Someone is asleep and someone is awake. Slowly, the dripping trails off. Ruth and Samuel are in bed. Samuel is reading. Ruth is asleep. Are you dreaming already, Bunny? My love, what are you dreaming about? Angels. <laughs> That's funny. I'm reading about demons. You're always so suspicious. Go to sleep. Everything will be better. In the morning. My wife. I don't deserve you. Samuel puts the book down and lies down. A long moment. Sound of wings. Then of tapping on glass. Sam. Sam. Wake up. Uh... Ruth continues sleeping. Rini enters, wearing a detective-style coat and carrying a magnifying glass. I found him, Sam. I found him for you. Who's there? I knew he wasn't right. Rini, what are you doing here? Your buddy, Rini. I look out for you, like you looked out for me. Rini? What's happened to you? Your old buddy, Rini. I said, Sam Khan. I want to work for you. What's wrong? Eli. His name isn't Eli. He's a fraud, a con. He's not even Jewish. I knew there was an explanation. Thank you, Rini. You're a true friend. Always looking out for you, like the old times when you were always looking out for me. We'll sort this all out in the morning. I'll see you at the office. You and me against the world, Sam. But I need your help. Rini opens her coat. She's covered in blood, and her stomach is flat. Where's my baby? Oh, my God. Can, can you help me find it? Oh, my God. I thought he was taking it here. Eli appears, wearing a sharp business suit. He holds a bloody fetus in his arms. Ruth is still sleeping. My angel. Eli looms over Ruth. He holds out the baby to her. My baby. Sam, I thought you'd always come through for me. Ruth! Partners, I'd follow you to the ends of the earth. We are friends. Why did you kill me, Sam? Why did you let him take my baby? Angel, my baby. Sam, my baby. I'm dying. You can't die. Ellen, call a doctor. Doctor! Your father's a doctor, but he's dead. And you don't get along with him. Doctor? Daddy? It's too late. I'm gone. Rini disappears. Eli is gone. My baby. I'll call you Ellen. Ellen? 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 Samuel, darling? Sweetheart, 
Samuel is moaning loudly in his sleep. Ruth speaks, still half asleep. Darling, wake up. You're sleeping. You're all wet. Blood. Don't touch it. Shh, it's sweat. You've been having a dream. It wasn't a dream. You were sleeping. I was awake. Shh, tell me your dream. I'll tell you what it meant. Dreams all have meanings. It will help you go back to sleep. No, I can't. It will make you feel better. You gave me such a fright. I dreamt Rini came to our house and was upset and you were there. He looks over at Ruth. She's asleep, perhaps lightly snoring. I dreamt I was at the lake house. It was a spring night. Samuel watches Ruth sleep for a moment. She wore a white dress that showed her shoulders in such an ordinary way like she'd always be beautiful. Samuel is grief-stricken. A moment. Ruth begins mumbling in her sleep. Oh, Sammy, I told you I'd come. I made it out of the house. My father doesn't even know I'm gone. What, what, what did you say? <laughs> Isn't it a nice night? Ruth? Don't play games. Samuel sits up and looks at Ruth. He's very tentative. Who? We can do it right this time. We can make it better. How can this be? Samuel wipes tears away from his eyes. Hold me. You look like Ruth. Close your eyes. Look with your heart. You remember what we used to say? He holds out his hand, very tentatively. Would you still love me if I was an elephant? Close your eyes. This can't be happening. We're never really apart, are we? Oh. Oh, can this be real? Allow yourself to feel. I can feel you. I can feel you. Ruth climbs on top of Samuel. Oh. 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 The lights change. Samuel is on top of Ruth. He climaxes. Samuel. Oh, Samuel. Ruth. Samuel, I knew it. Oh, darling. He rolls away from her. Ruth? I knew you would make love to me again. My beloved. Beshet. I was dreaming. He said it would happen. And it happened. Praise God. We're going to have a baby. It was only one time. Samuel Jacob, I need to have this baby. Just don't get your hopes up, darling. I know I am. I can feel it. Wait, who said it would happen? That man, that boy? What are you talking about? He came into my life and now everything... We've all gone mad. Who's mad? I'm mad. You're mad. Samuel, calm yourself. He's a demon. You're talking like a crazy person. I'm going to see the rabbi. It's three in the morning. Go tomorrow. Tomorrow might be too late. I took Rini's baby. You're not making any sense. I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what to believe. Oh, come here. She holds him. Everything will be better. In the morning. Go back to sleep. I can't. We're spiritually permeable. Mm. They can come to you in your dreams. Ruth yawns. She's asleep. Or you can see them where they are buried, close to their graves. 
Samuel is very awake. He carefully untangles himself from Ruth, laying her down gently on the pillow. I do love you. I do. Scene 9. Sunday morning. It's still dark out. Samuel approaches a still lake. The sky is dark blue and misty. There are no stars. Eli sits on the dock. Don't like being here. Doesn't feel the way I thought it would. Why did you come? I was waiting for you. How did you know I would come? How did... Shh. Your games make me tired. It's cold here. I forget how cold it is, just north of the city. Have some tea. Thank you. Samuel gives Eli his steaming cup of tea. They sit together, looking at the water. Thank you for coming to see me. I need some answers. Thank you for coming to see me all of these years. It's meant so very much to me. I'm willing to settle this however you need. How so? You are a very young man, and you've stumbled into something very troubling. I see that. It's a troubling situation. I know people who can help you, and I can give you the resources to get the help you need. Eli starts shaking silently. It's clear. You've been through a lot. Whatever it is, doesn't matter. There are people, places you can go for help. You are not alone. I didn't have a choice in how I look. I took whatever I could get. There are, there are cases of... If I was a woman, this would be so easy. Remember what you used to say to me? You're very clever and very compassionate. I can see that. It's totally reasonable. Sometimes when uh, a mental break happens, we can imagine ourselves as others. This is probably much more common than we know, but I need you to leave my family and my business alone. Would you still love me if I was an elephant? You've been reading my old letters in the cabin. You've been hungry and cold. You've been sleeping in the cabin all winter with no heat. You've watched me come and go, wondering, what is this man doing here? Why does he come here all alone at night, stealing away on weekends like some kind of criminal? Here he is, crying, holding a small leather shoe. And then you saw the newspapers tied together in a bundle yellowed with age. You've become fascinated by a mystery, and you've put the pieces together. Very good. You're clearly very bright. Maybe you will work for me someday. How many times can you break my heart? You have demands? What are your demands? I've only ever wanted to love you. What you are talking about is gone. That's the answer to your mystery. Sometimes people just die. You are some confused faggot, disturbed. Get out of here. This place is mine. It's mine. Get out. Eli, weeping, allows himself to be shaken by Samuel. Samuel breaks down. Eli puts his arms around him. He embraces Samuel passionately. Samuel allows it. Samuel pulls away from Eli. He sobs. I didn't want the baby, sweetheart. I wanted our love to be better. I wanted it to be free, not owning each other. Do I seem free? I'm not the only one who suffered. You've suffered. You've lived in suffering like it was air. But I've been very cold and alone, and I've been trying so hard to get back to you. I didn't expect you to be so angry with me. I'm angry too, Sammy. Stop! I need you to look at me. I need you to see beyond this flesh and see me. I need you to kiss me and tell me it's going to be okay. Tell me it's going to be okay! I... 
don't understand. You are you are choosing not to understand. Hold me. I've been cold and alone for 25 years, waiting and aching and rotting. Look at me. My body is gone. My body is gone. I have nothing left. Oh, God. Where's your God? I don't know who you are or what you You're want. You're a priest, Mr. Cohen. I'm a lawyer. All those nights of praying and mourning. Our energies have consequences. Things don't just go away. My God would not do this to me. Samuel runs off. Eli doesn't follow him. Somewhere, someone turns off a light. Click. Somewhere, someone is turning out a light. Sounds of metal, machinery, human desire cultivated through trash and industry, an engine screeching in darkness, a howling wind through an abandoned factory, sounds of ivy growing over gas chambers, drains choking with moss. A small bird hatches from an egg. Leaves fall from trees and blow away. Scene 10, Sunday afternoon. Ruth is stripping wallpaper in the living and dining room. She's wearing a man's shirt and underwear. As she peels wallpaper, her movements seem freer and easier than previous scenes. We hear a door slam, Samuel's voice from offstage. Sweetheart? Sweetheart? Here I am. Samuel enters. He embraces Ruth and doesn't let go. He's wearing the same clothes from the lake house, looking disheveled. You know I've been worried sick. Let's go away together. Okay. Like a vacation, but longer. Sounds good. Samuel pulls away from Ruth. He looks at her. Where do you want to go? You've always wanted to go on a safari. We could see some elephants. No. Let's go to the Arctic. Let's see the penguins and polar bears. Brr, too cold. He embraces her again like a child clinging to his mother. Tahiti then. We'll live in a tent on a little cot together under a mosquito net. I love it. When shall we go? Now. What's stopping us? Honestly. Nothing. Nothing. Kiss me. She kisses him. They kiss passionately. She pulls away. Ruth, our love story is just beginning. They kiss again. Ruth gets up to leave the room. Where are you going? To pack. Never mind. Let's buy all new clothes. Let's live like natives. Sounds good. She begins to tidy up the room a little bit. What are you doing? We can't leave the house a mess. Don't touch anything. Uh, It will be like we disappeared. Dishes in the sink, clothes folded and not put away... It will be like we went out to get the mail and never came back. Okay. She begins to put away the knitting she has out on the bed, then looks at him, smiles, throws it down again. Well, let me put on some pants. They kiss again, this time a little shorter and more cautious. Then we'll go to the airport. Ruth exits. Samuel sits on the bed. He holds the pink and blue knitting in his hands, staring at it and frowning. Ruth enters, wearing a bikini top and a sarong. Her hair is down, and she looks radiant. She jumps on him on the bed. Tahiti! They kiss. 
He pulls away and looks at her. We can live off coconut. Leave our car in the parking garage and never pick it up again. You seem really different today. Especially beautiful. Extremely beautiful. Are you my wife? Was your wife very ugly? My wife was very elegant and very sad. Maybe we're both dead. Why would you say that? It's like we've been given second lives. Shall we? What? Go to the airport. Do you want to change your clothes? You're really coming with me? You thought I wouldn't? Then what were you going to do? I, I hadn't thought that far ahead. Forget it. Shall we make a toast? Break a plate? Why were you stripping the wallpaper? For a change. <laughs> I like your idea better than mine. A big change. You're knitting a blanket. To occupy myself. It's pink and blue. Let's go. You look radiant. You look like you spent the night in a ditch. Take me to Tahiti, lover. Don't you want to know where I've been? Tell me on the plane. I'm sure it's a good story. Don't you want to take your knitting? Isn't it warm in Tahiti? Let's disappear like ghosts. Ruth unconsciously puts a hand on her stomach. Samuel catches the gesture. You're not pregnant. You want me to go or not? It was my idea. Tahiti seems like a great place for a baby. Very healthy. Fresh air. You're not pregnant. Lots of sunshine. Ruth reaches into her purse. She pulls out a positive pregnancy test, hands it up to Samuel. Surprise! Sweetheart, I feel better than I have in years. This is my chance, our chance. No. You're not pregnant. It's impossible. Samuel, you... I had a vasectomy. What? When we stopped using birth control. When you stopped making love to me. She begins hitting him. What is wrong with you? You were sick. I was sick because you were killing me. That's all in your mind, Bunny. Calm down. For years I have cried myself to sleep because my husband wouldn't touch me. This, this is deceit. It's monstrous. Why didn't you leave me instead? Why didn't you leave me? I would never leave you. You should have. This is not marriage. I'm ready to try anything. Anything. Are you? I've done so much wrong, Ruth. Give me another chance. I'm begging. When you said you'd go away with me and, and put down your hair, my heart leapt with joy. You don't see me. I've been disappearing. She shakes the feeling away. No matter. Let's start over. Let's change our names. Really? Do you want me or not? This is your last chance. They hold hands and look at each other. He leans in to kiss her. She turns away. He touches her face. My wife. Let's go. Pause. I have to say, I'm sorry about the false alarm. But we're going on a different kind of adventure now. What? What is? A fresh start. What? The pregnancy. I'm, I'm sorry. What about it? You thought you were pregnant. Yes. The false alarm. What false alarm? Sweetheart, you can't actually be pregnant. The test must have been faulty. I'm sure it happens all the time. That's why they come in packs of two. She reaches into her purse and pulls out a second positive pregnancy test. She lays it in his open hand. 
He stares at it. She goes back into her purse and begins drawing out positive pregnancy tests. One by one, she lays them in his hand. Enough. (laughs) Must have been a Shabbos miracle. Like when Sarah was visited by the angels and they said she was going to get pregnant and she laughed, she laughed, she laughed. What has he done to you? What? I should have never left you alone. Who? Stop playing dumb. Ruth leaves the room. Samuel stands, shaking. Ruth enters, wearing the men's shirt with no pants again. She begins vigorously stripping wallpaper. For the baby. Very good. Samuel watches Ruth moving lithely. How are you moving like that? I told you. No, you didn't. Tell me again. I've been given new life. You're carrying a monster. Get out of my house. Run away from me like you were planning. I can't leave you like this. You've, you've been... I've been what? You let him touch you? I didn't let him. He defiled you. The man... That man saw what was inside of me and ripped it out. It was open heart surgery. The fucking jaws of life. You defiled me. You think this is what I am? All I am? I'm huge on the inside. I contain multitudes. He looked at me and saw all the people that will come from me. You're nothing but a dead end. Do something for once in your life or don't. I don't care. You can't stay here. You think I don't know that? Of course I can't stay here. You... I have to go back. Where? To the lake house. You sold it years ago. I need it. But you never go there. On your... on your business trips? Yes, I see. Tell me. Quickly, tell me. You have a lover? Is that it? A woman? Or a man? I don't know. You don't understand. Do you love her? How long? Do I know her? No. Is it Rini? I said no. The younger model. Not sick. Healthy, of course. It's not what you think. Just say something! She's the first. The only... You mean to tell me you've been involved... Oh my god! Do you have another family? In a cabin? Do you have children? With with her? With her? She's dead. I killed her. 25 years ago. In the lake house. You can't kill an insect. I left her alone when she needed me the most. I tried to get rid of it. Because I told her to. She tried to get rid of it because I told her to. No one knew... No one knew we were lovers. The girl from town and the rich city boy. Why didn't you tell me? Because it's mine. It's mine. It's all I have. It's been 25 years. We had never touched anyone before. It was like swallowing joy. We were children, and then we weren't. I counted the days until Summer lived my life through letters. She got pregnant and and tried to give herself... You find your lover swimming in her own blood, blue and cold on the floor. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. Samuel, it's time to put it down. No. This weight you've been carrying around, we've been living under it. We can raise this baby together. We can make a little person. It's all I have. Excuse me? He's torturing me, and now he has you. He's a demon. He's here to punish my sins. We can move on. He's an angel. He's ruining my life. 
I will sit Shiva with you, we will mourn her together, and then we will move on. You don't understand. You don't understand. Sweetheart, it was an accident. You weren't even there. You were a child. Forgive yourself. Some things are unforgivable. A body that cannot rest? We have to be able to mourn, to bear witness. What are you saying? I can't say it. I can't. I can't. Why do you keep returning to the lake house? Why are you torturing yourself? No. No. Where is she? Leave me alone. Stay here. Stay here. Samuel. I'm sorry. He leaves. Are you coming back? Are you coming back? End of Act One. Wipe away your tears. The cage has been unlocked. Forget your fears. The masses have already lost. Child's cries in the night For fear of goodbye Fear of losing their life You close the door Not to keep things in You don't do that anymore Two. Two months later. Scene one. Friday morning, late summer. Inside of the offices of Cohen and Watson. Eli stands alone in the office, early morning. He's wearing an undershirt and boxers. Eli takes out a large pitcher of water. He stands and pours the pitcher into his mouth, drinking and drinking and drinking. It's frightening how much water he's consuming. He gets very wet. He stops and gasps for breath. He towels off. The phone rings. He answers it while getting dressed. Cohen, Watson, and Eli, how may I help you? We're happy with our current provider. Have a good day. He hangs up the phone and smiles. He buttons his shirt and slips on his shoes. He's now wearing a very sharp suit. Rini enters, very sweaty. On her shoulder, she cradles a huge cell phone. Her belly is very large. Into the phone. All right, sweetie. Good luck. We'll talk at lunch. I hung it up in the baby's closet with all of the other ones. Then look again. It's... Listen, I'm at work. Okay. 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 I love... I love... Bye. She hangs up. 
<sighs> You're here early. The early bird catches the out-of-court settlements which cause less damage to the family unit. <laughs> Slept well? Sure. I didn't. I watched a scary movie and I couldn't go to sleep. It was about this person who was possessed by a ghost. It was really scary. The Exorcist. That movie made me sleep with my eyes open for a week. She goes to the copy machine and loads her documents. No, that one is about a girl being possessed by a demon, which is also interesting. This movie was about someone being possessed by a ghost. What was it called? I don't remember. Something lake something? Anyway. Here's what kept me thinking. What happens to the ghost? What do you mean? At the end of the movie. Where does the ghost go when everything goes back to normal? Back to where it came from, I guess. Heaven or hell or wherever. So it dies? Well, we're talking about something that's already dead. You know, this is what bothers me. People change, you know? Souls change. How? It's like people expect for things to happen in these tidy little, tidy little containers. And I just don't think that's realistic. And the exorcism scene was very clumsy. Poor execution. My father used to go to one of those crazy churches where you speak in tongues and roll on the floor and get possessed by the devil. That's what he called his drinking, the devil inside him. Mama eventually told him and his goddamn devils to get out and never come back. Apparently he's a minister in Florida now. Rini starts pressing buttons on the copier. It's not working. Rini's huge phone rings. Hello? I told you in the baby's closet. Seriously, Tim, we'll talk at lunch. Bye-bye. She hangs up. Damn stupid copier. I don't think these I don't think these movies are very thoughtful. How can a soul come back and be right where it left off, however many years ago? Time doesn't stop, no matter where you are. It's like these people only think in terms of what the dead person means to the people who are living. How rude is that? The phone rings. The copier begins to spit out copies. No! Wrong way! Eli answers the office phone. Cohen and Watson. He puts his hand over the mouthpiece. It's your husband. Good lord. She takes the phone. She cradles the phone while kicking the copier. Listen! I folded everything last night. All together in the baby's room. What I folded. Then go over it with an iron in the cubby hole over the stairs. Good Lord, Timothy. Or just go outside and let this heat steam it for you. <sighs> of course I do. Tim, I'm rooting for you all the way. Sam's been out of the office for two months now and working on this mystery case, and I, 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 I'm not making it about me. I just need you to know, <clears throat> of course I want you to get this interview. How dare you? Listen, some people... Some people would say that you're threatened by a successful woman. Eli nods his head vigorously. <sighs> Look, you just got bad nerves. Don't ask me that now. Don't ask me that now. Frickin' <sighs> We have some chicken in the freezer. Eli shakes his head no. <laughs> You, you can take me out to celebrate, to celebrate your wildly successful interview to that fancy French place. I, uh, you knock him dead. 
I love you too, Brownie Bear. Okay. Bye. Rini hangs up the phone. She approaches the copier once more, loads her documents, and cautiously presses buttons. It doesn't work. She starts kicking and screaming. This is bullshit! I will climb inside of you and rip out your insides. I will push you out the goddamn window. I do not need this today! Rini grasps her bulging belly. A moment. The machine starts copying correctly. (laughs) It's working. (laughs) Eli, it's working. She begins tearing up. (laughs) I'm just so happy. I'm so, so happy. God, it's hot out. I'll open a window. Everything is going to be okay. I'm boiling. Everything is going to be okay. Sam's going to get back from his trip and see what a good job we've done here. I have the accident reports. She she starts crying. Okay, let's take a break. No shop talk. We're taking a break. (laughs) I'm just so... Pregnant. Yeah, I'm just so pregnant. She wipes her eyes. Can I get you anything? No, thank you. I'm real sorry. You've been such a help to me working these late nights and all. That was so unprofessional. (laughs) Honestly, I would take some days off when I start feeling like this, but when Sam is MIA on this mystery case of his, it's just not in the cards. So thanks, Eli, for being a real team player. (laughs) I don't know how we could have gotten along without you. Rini, it's truly been my pleasure. Speaking of um, uh, burning the... uh, Midnight oil. The doorman says you've been leaving very late. Like, sometimes after his shift is over, is everything all right at home? Everything's fine. I do have a confession, though. Yeah? One or two nights. Maybe three. I've been working late, and I... Gosh. This is embarrassing. I fell asleep. Oh. Woke up at 3 a.m., terrified, not knowing where on earth I was. Oh, golly. Well, take better care of yourself, please. Will do. This is for you. He hands her an envelope. What's this? Open it. Rini opens it. It's a gift certificate to a spa. For a foot rub and a back rub. Pregnant women get really sore feet, right? And you're still wearing those tiny little pointy shoes. I just thought it was stupid of me. I'm sorry, I don't mean to presume. I just wanted to do something, like a baby shower. I'm sorry. No. Eli, I'm sorry. That was so rude of me. It's a very thoughtful present. Thank you very much. Only... Oh, no. I... What? Well, I don't have anything for you. It's a gift, Rini. You're not supposed to. Scene two. Friday evening, Rini enters her apartment. Eli, with a beard, is wearing an apron and stirring a pot. Relaxing, lovely music plays from an unseen record player. I'm home. Sweetheart, welcome home. How was your day? Tim? Yeah, baby? He kisses her in a passionate dip. Here, let me take your coat. He takes off her coat. 
My day was very good. A co-worker gave me a little baby shower present. We should have a real baby shower for you. Kiss. Mm. He kisses her theatrically, dipping her again. <laughs> wow. How was your day? It was great. <laughs> What's that? It smells delicious. Sit down, Angel Pie. He gently pushes her down on the couch. Nothing but the best for my baby. He kneels by her stomach. And my other baby. Take a load off, sugar. You want a cup of tea? It's no trouble. He produces a steaming cup from nowhere. Ha, Timmy. I can't put my finger on it, but you look different somehow. I used a different shampoo today. Oh, that must be it. And you made dinner. Let me give you a foot rub. Eli kneels on the ground and takes off her shoes. She looks around. And you cleaned the house. Is it my birthday? Shh, baby, relax. Let me rub those pretty pink toes. Is it our anniversary? He begins rubbing expertly. She groans and closes her eyes. God, that feels good. God, Tim, wow! He begins rubbing up her legs. She opens her eyes and looks around. You put away the laundry? When did you do that? What do you think I do all day, jerk off? Are you sure you're my husband? The sauce needs to thicken. Let's have you be the appetizer. He (laughs) begins pulling up her skirt and nuzzling his head in between her legs. You smell like the ocean. I want to go swimming. Oh, <laughs> you seem very different today. Shh, baby. I can't quite put my finger on it. Just feel it, baby. <laughs> Just feel it, baby. Allow yourself to feel good. Oh, I'm a woman! You are a beautiful, beautiful woman. I don't care who you are! (laughs) The lights change. She jolts up from her desk. Samuel is sitting beside her, holding a cup of tea. They're at the office. It's Friday, late afternoon. You looked like you were having a good dream. (laughs) Tea? Sam. (laughs) I must have fallen asleep. You're back. Where did you go? I'm sorry I left you alone. Everything all right? Yes, but why didn't you call me, Sam? You can trust me with anything. I know I can. That's why I couldn't tell you until everything was really finally settled. Samuel stands up and takes her hand. He takes her gently in his arms. He is very serious and a little shy. Renee. Rini. Rini. (laughs) I love you. I know we can make each other happy. I've been arranging my divorce. Let's raise this baby in a house of love. Oh, Sam. Is that what you want? Wait, but what about Ruth? I know you never liked her. You're right. 
I don't like Ruth. Ruth can go suck an egg. You're the only one for me. Oh, Sam. Do you mean it? I do. Oh, my heart. Sam, we've lost so much time. He kisses her hand. Suddenly, they are in the living room of the Cohen house. They sit on the sofa. I know, and I'm sorry for that. We'll do our best to make up for that time now. They kiss very sweetly. I'll become Jewish. Only if you want to. Let's raise the baby Jewish. You don't mind that you're not the father? In my heart, I feel this is my child. He touches her stomach, then her face. They gently kiss. Oh, Sam, no one has ever... She stops suddenly and looks around. Wait. Wait. We're in your house. Wait. Samuel disappears. Renee sits alone on the couch. This is a dream. Oh, oh. This is a dream. She weeps. The lights change. Rini is at her office chair. Eli stands over her, holding a mug. You look like you were having a nightmare. Tea? You should go home and rest. The phone begins ringing. Eli moves it up. She stops him. Don't pick it up. I can't. Rini, you can't work all the time. Go home! If you can't work it out, throw him out. But he's not a bad man. He's not a good man either. He's just a pile of nothing. Listen, you were raised believing that women could only do certain kinds of jobs. And look at you now. This isn't the same. It is the same. It's about liberation. Freedom. What you deserve. Look, Eli, you're a real sweet kid, but I'm not going to leave my husband just because he doesn't cook me French recipes from magazines and give me foot rubs all day. Get real. We're comfortable together. We like the same stuff. I get along with his family, and he's waiting there for me at the end of every day. Maybe that's what real romance is. I see. And having his baby, for Christ's sake. Those are all very mature reasons for staying with someone. I'm not an idiot. I can see you judging me. You come in here with your niceties and your big innocent eyes, but you've been... Judging all of us, even Mr. Cohen, who you've barely met. You think you've got it all figured out, Eli, don't you? Well, life is pretty simple when you're young. When you're older, you learn not to run away just because things didn't turn out the way you hoped. You tough it out because you've got responsibilities and people depend on you and you're a good person. You man up when the time comes. You man up? It's near... It's near enough quitting time. I'm leaving soon. But I want you to leave first. Rini, I never meant to upset you. I think you're an amazing woman. Well, you don't know me very well. I was foolish. I should have never shared so much with you. It was totally unprofessional. I don't blame you. This is a small office. There's been some stress. Boundaries get crossed. Eli begins packing up. She watches him intently. What's your game? Anyway, you come in here saying you have no experience. You learn everything before I've even begun to teach it to you. You work the longest hours out of all of us. What are you doing in here? Are you unhappy with my work? Ever since you came, 
This whole office has been turned upside down. Sam is nowhere to be found. I think you being here with no one to make you accountable has gone a, a bit to your head. So Eli, here are some directions from me. I would like you to go home. I would like an account on my desk tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. of anything you've been doing that I haven't been aware of, however minor. I went to see it all. And uh, we can begin to talk about accountability. Do you have anything to say for yourself? No, ma'am. I uh, apologize, Eli, for not doing this sooner. I have not been myself. <laughs> he hands her a large manila envelope. This is what I've been working on. Sam's mystery case. I've cracked it. Sam gave you a project without telling me? Just read it. I'm leaving now, Rini. And you won't see me again. What? You're quitting? I'm finished. But we need you. I, I misspoke. You had every right to say what you did. Read the report. He touches her belly. She starts back a little bit. Take care, Rini. Don't be so hard on yourself. Listen. You can't go! I know things always seem to be hard for you. And they are. But they don't have to be. Remember that? Wait! He leaves. She sits down at her desk, looking at the envelope. Rini is at a complete loss. She touches her stomach. She opens the envelope. Scene three. Sounds of rain pouring down. Ruth is dancing in the living room to an ink spots record. She moves beautifully. A kettle whistles off stage. She exits to quiet it. Samuel comes in from the rain. Ruth enters. They look at each other for a long moment. The song plays on. Yes. You look wonderful. You look like a criminal. I'm sorry. What for? Everything. She begins dancing, not for him, but for God. She's beautiful. I've never seen you move that way before. Ruth goes up to him very quickly and slaps him in the face. You weren't looking. She laughs. Samuel grabs her hands. What are you doing in my house? I came to see if my life was still here. It turns out your life gets along fine without you. You were just a pair of pants. You're my wife. No, I'm not. Ruth Esther. You say my full name when I'm in trouble, you know that? You're my wife. If man cannot give his wife children, their union is dissolved in the eyes of God and their community. I'm not your wife. You're not even that religious. <laughs> I'm not your wife anymore. I set you free. What does that mean? She dances. She's hypnotic. I've never seen you move that way before. I'm a little deity. Samuel moves towards Ruth. Who are you? I'm not your wife. I'm not your wife. They grab at each other, hungry. They drink each other in. Say my name. You're so beautiful. I'm going to swim in your blood. His hands rub all over her body. They move together. His hands go up to her stomach. He stops. I thought we'd have more time. 
I told you, I'm a little deity. I make life. She tries to touch him. He hesitates. It's going to break Rini's heart if I leave the business. What? If we go away to Tahiti. What are you doing? Nothing. Unbelievable. Ruth shoves Samuel towards the door. I have responsibilities. Oh, well. Ruth goes back to dancing magnanimously. You seem very different today. Especially beautiful. The doorbell rings. Maybe it's Eli, coming to take me to the underworld with him and be his dark bride. (laughs) Wait, was that mean? I meant that in the best way possible. (laughs) Has he been here? Every night in my dreams. You're trying to wound me. You're playing games with my mind. Oh, Samuel. It's just that I see everything now. It's so beautiful. And you're so small and pressed and wet. It hurts to look at you. Ruth walks to the door and looks. It's Rini. She's very wet, too, from the rain. Samuel jumps back away from the door. He looks terrified. What's she doing here? What's the matter with you? Samuel looks terrified. The doorbell rings again. She's been at the office with him all those months. He poisons everyone against me. Rini begins knocking loudly. Samuel looks around wildly. Your fear is so spectacular. It's like... All over here. She rubs her hands all over his aura. Go and hide. Go on. Samuel runs off stage. I'm not a coward. The irony of this is not lost on Ruth. Ruth fixes her hair. She might slowly reapply lipstick. Ruth goes to the door and opens it. It's Rainy holding the envelope. She's distraught. Hello. Ma'am. I'm afraid this isn't a pleasure call. It's very good to see you. I I have some terrible news. Are you dying? That would be very sad. (laughs) No. Is Sam here? He's been away for months. I know. I I know we've never been close. I thought you and Sam were very close. No. We've never been close. I'd like to change that. Am I wrong? There's There's always been tension between us. No, you're right. There is this tension between us. I think women should stick together, don't you? Support each other. I didn't know you were such a feminist. I don't know about any of that, but... I also think women should stick together, very closely together. Good, I... uh... We should celebrate our new solidified friendship. I was dancing. I've been dancing all day. Dancing? Do you like to dance? I don't know. Ruth puts on another album, maybe Nina Simone, something sexy. Let's dance. She lifts up her shirt to reveal a little bump. All four of us. You're pregnant? Isn't it wonderful? Truly the greatest gift. I thought you were sick. I got better. Does does Sam know? The Lord works in mysterious ways. Isn't that what your people say? 
The Lord works in mysterious ways. I thought he told me you couldn't have children. He lied to you. He just wouldn't fuck me. Does that surprise you? You surprise me too. Do you still want to be friends? <laughs> Why would he? Are you making fun of me? He didn't want a baby. My illness was his excuse. Cup of coffee? Rini putting a hand on her stomach. Coffee isn't good for babies. My baby is a magic baby. <laughs> <laughs> I need to find Sam. Will you help me? Don't you want to hear how I got the baby? Samuel wouldn't give it to me. Please. There was this girl 25 years ago. Let's stay in the present. <laughs> I'm going to teach my baby about women. About how to be a woman. Like the sun. Bright and fierce but warm. Ugh, I feel sick. I already know it's a girl. I can feel it. I need your help. How can you be so, so selfish? I know your kind of womanhood. You give and you give and you give, but you never get, do you? You never get what you want. Are you in love with Samuel? I have a husband! I don't know where you got your baby, but I know where mine is from. How dare you? You don't know me. I made her with my own two hands, like a golem. I breathed life into her. I dreamt of her. And now she exists, my beautiful baby. We don't need men, Rini. We just need the idea of them. An idea is enough. <laughs> this was a mistake. <laughs> you spend your whole life pretending you're not a woman. Was that because of your father? Oh, he hurt you so much. What did he do to you? You don't know anything about me. Did he try and touch you? You are clearly very distraught. Sexually, emotionally, very... She twists her hands around Rini as if her aura is in knots. You, uh, you, you presumptuous little freak! <laughs> you can't even insult me like a woman! I'm a cunt, Rini! Why is that the worst word we have? I'm a cunt because I make life and I get what I want and I'm beautiful. <laughs> I've had enough. I'm leaving. Rini stands up but doesn't move. That's why you love Samuel. Father figure. Benevolent. Your house is a plague. You carry a disease. Eli doesn't think I'm diseased. He saw what was inside of me. Eli's been here? Ages ago. And things have not been the same. He's an angel. Make me a cup of tea. Excuse me? This is your house, and I'm more pregnant than you are. I want tea. No weird flavors, just regular. Black tea? I, I'm not leaving until Sam gets back, so you better control your goddamn tongue, or I will let you have it. There is so much I don't understand. I don't know what Eli's done to you. He's the secret. He came here and everything's changed. Yes, everything has changed. Rini shaking the envelope. This, this says terrible things and Sam is missing. People turn up when they want to be found, most of the time. But I will not sit here and allow you to abuse me. 
Perhaps you'd like to apologize for all the nasty and clumsy things you said to me. I'm sorry. Did you mean them? Yes. Then don't apologize. Don't apologize. I'm sitting on your sofa. You're looking at me. Hold your head up high. Say, Ruth, you disgust me. I don't understand you. I... I don't understand you. And I'm secretly jealous and even a little attracted to you. That's not true. A little bit. A little bit it is. Get me some fucking tea. I like it when you ask for what you want. Tea! <laughs> you can have my husband if you want. It's possible. He loves you. As much as he can love anyone. I have a husband. I'm carrying his baby. You have to be careful who you love, Rini. You don't know anything. Your children will love him and they'll hate you. The shrew. The bitch. Daddy will always play and never grow up. Childbirth changes people. He's already changing. Your husband's a parasite. He'll leech you dry. I'd take the baby and run. Oh? Where? Tahiti! The North Pole, it doesn't matter. Just because he's safe doesn't mean he's good. So he doesn't beat the shit out of you. He keeps you down here. Points to heart. And here. Points to head. I thought I could stand it, but I can't. You don't deserve an audience. Fuck up your life how you want. When I get home, my husband will be there. Rini actually gets up to leave. Eating donuts in front of the TV, watching his belly grow. He's jealous of you because he can't have a baby. Oh, I understand why he left you. I feel sick just being in the same room as you. <gasps> he didn't. You're a poison to everything you touch. He didn't leave me. Or you ate him. Or turned him into a toadstool, you crazy fucking witch. He's here. In your cupboard? Chopped up into little pieces? He's upstairs, and I bet he's listening. Rini turns around. Samuel, time to come down. Ugh, I'm gonna be sick. You always say that. It's like a threat. Actually do something for once. Actually do it. Samuel comes down the stairs. You're here? I see. I see. This is just make fun of Rini. You can have my husband? I hope you both had a good laugh. You really deserve each other. You know that? Let me explain. Let me... Do you know what I have in my hands? Do you know? I can guess. Guess! A report about the disappearance of Ellen Myers, a small town girl who left home one night when she was 16 and was never found. Presumed dead. There are letters in here between you and her. You knew her. You were intimate with her. Yes. What happened to her? Where did she go? She looks to Ruth. She died that night. Why are you not surprised? You knew? You've always known? She looks around. This is a house of lies. You're all liars. I'm... She isn't a very good listener. Ruth, please. It's just because she's in love with you. That's why she can't reconcile. Rini, we all have diametric forces in us at all times. He loved her. 
He was a coward. He left her alone to die. We're complicated beings, Rini. Rini starts gagging. <laughs> Rini. She throws up behind the couch. Samuel rushes towards her. Bravo! She did something! I'll get some water. Ruth exits. A moment. Samuel reaches out his hand to touch Rini's back, then stops. You didn't mean to kill her? She was trying to give herself an abortion. She bled to death. But it was your child. Wasn't your father a doctor? Couldn't he have helped her? I wouldn't tell him. He would have never let me see her again. She said she would take care of it, that she knew how. I can't defend myself to you. Try. Everything here is a dead end. My life is gone. I need... I will not let you have epiphanies. Not now. Not like this. It's Eli. I understand. He's the secret. He did something to you, to all of us. I don't understand what yet. Listen, about the girl. It's not that bad. You don't understand. Then explain it to me. I thought, I thought we could tell each other anything. I can't. I can't. Ruth enters with a glass of water and a towel. His father lived in fear of accusations of eating babies and other monstrosities. He changed his last name. Samuel changed it back to Cohen. I don't see what this has to do with the... Remy, stop this willful stupidity. Open your eyes. I don't see why we're talking about this like this. (laughs) You think you're in love with my husband. You want a father to take care of you. We have five... Thousand years of history, that is 5,000 years of suffering keeping us together. You think you can walk into our marriage and understand that? Live in that? You think you love my husband? Samuel, look, you think you can live with this woman? Have you dreamt about it? What it would be like to live with Rini, sweet, easy Rini. Rini, this man is afraid of history, of past, present, and future. We are built on suffering. We must atone. You think I don't understand suffering? I'm a human being. You people do not have a monopoly on suffering. You misunderstand. Samuel, who is besotted with suffering, in love with suffering. Is that what you really think? Of our marriage? He owes you an apology. He can't ever love you. If it gives you comfort... He doesn't really love me either. We have so much in common. You don't know anything. Samuel takes Rini in his arms and kisses her forcefully. Rini's fantasy of this moment isn't matching the reality. She struggles away. I, th- I thought... I thought you wanted me to... I did. I do. Do you want me to explain? <laughs> I will. Please get her to shut up! I can't take the sound of your voice. He lost one girl, so he found another little girl, also from the wrong side of the tracks, and he saved her instead. Your penance. He gave you every opportunity she never had to make something of yourself, and look at you now. You're splendid. It's very reasonable. Don't be ashamed. How dare you? How dare you? We don't need him anymore, Rini. We never needed him. They murdered Ellen, him and his father. They murdered her memory. They swept a young woman under the rug. We've been saying never forget, never forget. 
but that isn't active. It's a roadblock, a brick in your heart. Never forget that you are the target of horror and monstrosity. What can we do with these feelings? Never forget, and then what? We must activate an action of healing for the world. Sam. Samuel is stunned. Samuel looks around at his house and all his possessions. Listen, Sam. We have responsibilities to each other, to the business. The other piece, we'll talk about it later. We can still- She's everywhere. She's all over this house. All over my life. I can't have you run out on me again. Rini, you're forgetting a very important question. You'll run the business. You'll stay with Tim. Of course, I can't stay with Tim. I don't love him. We kiss. You don't love me. Yes, I do. I always... No, I'm sorry, Rini. I'm so sorry. You're forgetting the most important question. The past creates the future. We have to look to it. But who is going to help me raise this baby? Sam. I will tell you. I will tell you the answer. She is in the lake. She's been swimming for 25 years. She's cold and she's alone. And she wants us to be paying attention. For fear, for fear, for another, another unmarked grave. For fear, for shame. We cannot be afraid of who we love. We cannot turn fear into hate. We must be brave. We must be brave enough not to kill. We must give women control over their bodies. Always. No more dead women. No more dead soldiers. No more dead martyrs. No more saviors. No more killers. Fear makes us into killers. No more killers. No more killers. Rini throws up. Samuel catches her in his arms. Lay her down on her side. Rini convulses on the ground. Call a doctor. Ruth runs off stage to call 911. Rini passes out. Samuel breaks down. Come back. Come back. Oh, Ellen. He sobs. Ruth enters. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ambulances are heard in the distance. Scene four. Very early Sunday morning at the hospital, Ruth and Samuel sit in the waiting room. Across from them sits a man with his face obscured by a newspaper. Samuel keeps looking over at Ruth, about to speak. Ruth does not acknowledge him. Samuel keeps motioning like he's going to speak, then stopping himself. He does this several times, a kind of dance. Ruth appears not to notice. Ruth stands and looks at Samuel. No. Ruth exits. Samuel puts his head in his hands. The man puts the newspaper down. It's Eli. Women are amazing. Such strength in those little bodies. Maybe I'll move in with Rini and Ruth and we'll all raise the babies together. I bet they'd like that. At least Ruth would. And Rini and I can continue to run the business. It's been going swimmingly. And you will be free to spend as much time crying in the cabin as you want. My father used to sit in his study and read books about the Holocaust and sob for hours. 
like a hobby. I see where you get it from. He wasn't a survivor. It's nice to be able to connect to something so monstrous, so evil. Because living is painful, no matter. And suffering begets suffering. Samuel looks at Eli. I know you. Do you? Very good. Samuel kneels beside Eli. He puts his head on Eli's knee like a child, or someone begging forgiveness. Eli is very startled. These years haven't been easy on me. What? I, I didn't... I was afraid. Stories. The white girl, the lynched Jew. I panicked. I would go swimming, you know, for years. I was looking for you. I've always been looking for you. Wait, wait. Nope. You have it all wrong. I found the letters. I wanted to make you suffer. You destroyed my life. Why would a stranger do that? Samuel tries to kiss Eli. I tricked you! Don't you see? You've cracked! I'm ready. I'm here, right in front of you. Why don't you want me anymore? Samuel tries to kiss Eli. It's an act of desperation, of violence, rather than of passion. Samuel pulls Eli out of his chair, and they struggle on the floor. Wait! It's not true! It's not true! Do it already! You've done everything else. Do it! Samuel pins Eli to the ground. Eli grunts and struggles to escape. Whoever you, whoever we wanted you to be. A different person for each of us. Hold me, hold me! Ruth enters, holding a cup of coffee. What are you doing? Ruth, help me hold him. My love will set you free. You're free! You're free! Help! He's gone crazy! Ruth climbs on top of Samuel, trying to drag him off. Samuel, think about what you're doing! I don't want to anymore. Please! No! I want to stay. I want to stay! She accidentally splashes hot coffee on Eli. He shrieks. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing! Samuel kisses Eli deeply. After a moment, Eli kisses back. Lights out. Scene 5. Nighttime on a still lake where it is always nighttime. The stars twinkle above. Rini, Ruth, Samuel, and Eli are standing on a pier. On the pier sits a dining room table with four chairs. They all look healthier and happier than ever before. Neither woman is pregnant. There are two bassinets on the pier. Eli wears a white dress. Otherwise, he looks the same. Rini and Ruth giggle with their arms around each other. Samuel and Eli stand shyly together. Rini and Ruth begin dancing together, laughing and humming, taking turns dipping each other. Samuel slowly puts his arm around Eli's shoulders. Eli smiles. Rini and Ruth glance at the dark water. Rini bends down to the water and pulls out a fish with her bare hands. Dinner! Rini puts the fish on a platter. It becomes a lovely meal. Rini, Ruth, Samuel, and Eli all sit at the table to eat. You know, I never liked you. This strikes them both as very funny. <laughs> Samuel speaks quietly to Eli. You look very beautiful tonight. Eli responds shyly, looking away. 
You really do. Samuel touches Eli's face. That dress is very becoming. Dear one? They all join hands and close their eyes. Baruch ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech Halom Hagamel Lahaviam Tavot Shagmali Katov. Amen. They begin <laughs> they begin to eat. Eli attempts to speak. He can't seem to get the words out. He looks embarrassed. What is it? Eli tries to speak again, but the words will simply not come. Dearest, what is it? What are they talking about? I don't know. I can't understand a word. Sounds like he's talking gibberish, backwards. Or like they're underwater, very far away. Eli attempts to speak. He cannot. He puts a hand to his throat. You're such a poet. (laughs) Or very close by, but too quiet to hear. Like static, under thick glass. Brava, bravissima. Rini claps for Ruth. Eli's eyes water with silent tears. He wipes them away. He smiles, embarrassed. Take your time. Eli attempts to speak again. I'm here. Eli attempts to speak. In dreams, the heart speaks. But we cannot live in dreams. Truth is a silent bell ringing in a faraway place where everyone is sleeping. End of play.
to writing this play? Like, how did it all come together? So I wrote this play when I was 23, and I'm 31 now. And it was, I believe it was my fourth play ever. Um, But those three that came prior, like, they pretty much live in the drawer. So I really look at this as my first sort of foray into um, being a little bit more of a mature playwright. It came out of a real love for magical realism um, inspired by plays that I had really loved uh, when I was in college. Um, actually, particularly like Jose Rivera. Yeah. Um, inspiration of sorts. Definitely. His play, um, Each Day Dies with Sleep, I think is in the title, uh, Cloud Tectonics yeah. and Marisol were all like huge for uh, me at, at like this exact time. Um, but I felt, I felt a little bit funny of trying to embrace a tradition that I think of so much, um, from like a Latino cultural standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me really want to think about like what are my tra- traditions yeah. as a American J- Jew, uh, what can I connect it to in my own culture? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the germ of the play. I'd be curious to know, um, you mentioned Jose as an inspiration for you mm-hmm. at that time in magical reali- realism. Um, what other playwrights or theater artists have inspired you Ooh. now throughout your career? So many. Um, well, I would be very remiss re- re- if I didn't say uh, Craig Lucas, whose plays. Reckless and the Dying Gall and Prelude to a Kiss were very, very formative for me in that time, too. Um, I had the awesome luck to be cast in a Susan Laurie Parks play in college. I was just like a member of the chorus in the... Venus, um, which actually starred the great Lupita Nyong'o, funnily enough. Yes. Um, It was really great. And it was really great for me to have an entry point into what, you know, to my 19-year-old brain was like an impenetrable play. Mm -hmm. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm really glad that you guys have cast me because you all seem really cool. But I don't know what this is about. Um, but then I got to, like, hear the play 45 times, uh-huh. you know, and I entered it. And I think that it, like, rhythmically changed something core in my brain for all time. It was mm. a very special um I kind of think that that should be a um, practice that we could uh, maybe develop, maybe through your pod uh, cast. What's it like to hear a play multiple times? 
every listener is required to listen to this play <laughs> 35, 35 times. 35 times. <laughs> It'll change your brain. Yes. 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 For deep brain changing. It's funny, though, like being um, six or seven years older than when I actually wrote the play, like writing this play as someone who wasn't really thinking about having children and now having that like weigh on me like oh I need to think about it now if I really want to blah 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 um I wonder if it's limiting in a way I mean I don't want this play to show that I think that women's only power is coming from like if they choose to have children like clearly that's not um what I think is true yeah so it's just that like funny thing of hearing something when you're older do you um, I don't get that impression that that's what you're saying in the play but is that how you hear it six years later that no okay no it was just something that I was I think hmm this is a thought I think that being a woman playwright, people often take my roles and choices sort of as more like wide-arching statements than maybe if I was a man. I would like very much for, like, these people just to be taken as individuals Mm -hmm. rather than a grand sort of statement on uh, different forms of femininity or masculinity. I feel like since I wrote this play, my... Um, perceptions of gender have become more nuanced Mm -hmm. and that I wouldn't teach anyone that being a woman needs to be one particular thing. Um, I think all of my plays contain like internal things that I just want to tell myself Uh, (laughs) you know Um, it's been very hard for me to figure out how to be as powerful and strong as I want to be and as I feel called and like I need to be and um, that line of trying to be fierce and kind at the same time I think is just a a tricky line, uh, especially as like a feminine cis lady. Yeah. Um, Knowing that even when I'm kind but strong, there will be people who think I'm being a bitch. You know, um, or yeah, there's just a lot of um. I'm, I mean, I, I would love to hear what 
being raised as a daughter was like for you. But I think that there's a lot of um, dutiful daughter stuff in the culture that I'm coming from. But I also really love the way that um, I think Jews and I think other um, people coming from different like immigrant backgrounds are maybe allowed to be a little b- b- bossier, yeah. louder, mm-hmm. stronger. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Coming from an I- immigrant family. So yeah. That line, I guess, going back to what you said about being a, a dutiful daughter, I don't think, I don't think that really aligns with what you, like this line about how to be, how to be a woman because coming from an immigrant like background and like we've we've just agreed that women we kind of do have this authority a little bit to be a little bit bossier and -hmm. i feel like that more aligns with what you know you're saying about being fierce but also warm because you you kind of become the mother somehow by default in all of these cultures you become this mother but you're strong right right. and you're fierce and it was just so like poetic and it it just Mm. really like stuck with me and so I just wanted to hear a little bit more about that. I'm glad. Yeah. I really like fierce and kind as yeah. like a mantra. Um, and I like what you were saying about like them not being mutually exclusive. Not you can all. be fierce and kind, but um, no buts. <laughs> no buts about it. No buts about it. What mm. did you have for breakfast? I feel like that's going to be the question we ask people yeah. Really? yeah. This is, like, really great for the play. I had an everything bagel uh-huh. with cream cheese and a little bit of ripe tomato. Huh. It was great. Was the tomato on the bagel, mm-hmm. like, in between the cream cheese? Yeah, that's and it was an heirloom tomato from my CSA. That's awesome. It was great. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for your beautiful yeah, play you. and for sitting down with us tonight. It was great. Thank you so much. And everything. Woo! Parsnip ship. Woo woo. <laughs> Hashtag.
I can feel the church's eyes looking at me, looking at me. Their faces a mix of pride and disdain. I can feel my mother's eyes looking at me, looking at me. Their color a mix of beauty and pain. This is my exchange, so my heart won't break. Oh, this is my exchange, so my heart won't break. This is my exchange, so my heart won't break. Oh, this is my exchange. Oh, red lips and a blue window pane, darling, they're beautiful, so beautiful. But they're no replica for rain. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.